up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Downtime with Downstar, episode 130. And today we are here with Jeremy Duarte. Jeremy, from Hawaii. Yes. Aloha. Relocated. 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 And you were just saying before we went on air that we've met once before. Yes. Um, Let's see if you can remember. Let me try, because I can only remember up to maybe February. (laughs) I think everything before February, my brain is just gone. Brain is scattered. Yeah, I need one of those, uh, like a memory chip, like a expansion pack. So I put like a couple terabytes. I think I'm still on like gigabytes, megabytes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Frisco. Uh, Yes. Weakfest. Yes. 2011. Close. 12. 12. Fort Mason. Yes. I remember that. Yeah, it was Fort Mason. I think think it was the first year you came out. Second year, because I did come to the... uh, 2011 which was you know what then we did meet 2011 in the parking structure when my car was blue i was parked right outside of the main one of the main halls no then that's 2012 because um 2011 was it was still in the um in the parking structure so 2012 was at the pier fort mason at the pier so the cars were parked on the outside yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i remember that yeah slightly well my car went to fort mason once when it was blue Mm -hmm. that was the first year they had it at fort mason so i want to say that was 2011 not too sure though but they had us inside they Mm -hmm. they took us and put us outside right in front of the main one of the main like pier the warehouses yeah and then 2012 was when i brought the car out and it was green okay so i switched it up got you that was the year that the car the car took best of show third place. Oh shit! Yeah. So that's the uh, the DB8 Type yes. R, right? Yeah. So what happened to that car? Um, it's still around. Okay. It's actually, there's a cool story behind the rebirth of that car that just happened recently. Well, let, let let's get into it uh, before we get any yeah. further. I want people to, um, if you could give us a quick breakdown of who you are and what they might know you for. Okay, so I actually started the Honda game back in like probably 1993 okay way back when shit when you know there wasn't a lot of freeways in san jose yeah like everything's a freeway now Mm -hmm. sort of like how it is down here um so my love for cars or hondas was like right out of high school like i was in high school still okay um friend had a 91 crx um it was brand new like you don't see that anymore Mm -hmm. um and he wanted to fix it up. So we went to a couple shops, got some springs, lowered it. You know, it had the single cam in it, put an exhaust on it, stuff yeah. like that. So that's where my love for the Honda stuff came from. And then I had another friend who got a 95 Civic and same thing. And then it started, you know, it, the hype started to get real then. Yeah. Um, so... I was in a crew called Red Zone. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't have a car. Actually, I was in a crew called Redline without a car. Okay. Um, my Redline guys, they were great. They let me drive all their cars. Um, and then soon after that, I got into a crew called Red Zone with my own vehicle mm-hmm. and a 92 Honda Civic Si, a blue one. Back before Honda Tech was around, it was, I think the forum to go to was Hybrid Honda. Got you. I don't know if you remember it or not. Um, yeah, I wasn't on it, but I, I remember yeah. hearing about it. So, 
Um, you know, and I fixed that up. And for the time, you know, nobody really, it was like the time when you saw the first GSR in mm-hmm. a Civic. So I grabbed myself a 96 Integra from the junkyard, just stripped the hell out of it, took everything from it, told the junkyard to get rid of the car, and then I threw that engine in my Civic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had a hard time because 96 Integras are OBD2. Mm -hmm. So what do I do? How do I get this car running? Had a guy come over. He cut all the plugs off my harness and left. I was stuck. Mm Mm-hmm. So I sat there and I went through every single wire, soldered it all together, grabbed a 95 GSR computer, threw it in, um, got it running, and then found a nitrous kit online, threw it on, went to the track, running 12.3s, you know, 12.0s. That hmm. was fast back then. Yeah, that is. You know, you drive to the track, you you do 12s, and then you drive away. So I got a crew called Red Zone, and we went for a while. It was cool. Um, you know, I... I Love all my cats from Red Zone. Um, but we kind of disbanded after a while. I think in like 2000, 99, 2000. Okay. Kind of disbanded. And then that's when the thought of, hey, let's open up a shop. What do we call it? Yeah. And at the time, my friend Aki and Brandon, um, we all wanted to open one together. It was kind of like the three of us. Um, but Aki had other plans. And to keep it short and simple, simple he had a friend who wanted to invest into a shop. Mm-hmm. So instead, his friend wanted just him and Aki. Mm. So what had happened is they created a shop called Black Tracks okay. up in Milpitas. And I helped him open it and get it running. And I worked there for a little while. And um, my career path choice is actually audio video. Mm. So Sick. when it didn't, when... It, it just didn't seem beneficial to keep doing the car thing for money. Um, so I went back to what my career was, which is audio video. Went back to that. And then that's when Brandon comes back into the picture and says, hey, let's open up our own shop. And then 2001, we started doing Red Zone out of the garage. Mm-hmm. 2002, 2003, we get a shop in San Jose. Mm-hmm. Um, right there off of... Uh, commercial street in san jose like down the street from the courthouses and everything um off of 101 and we did we did really well i mean we the hard thing about business and you know is that it's hard to have a family life and it's hard to have the shop life yeah because you're doing the shop life like 24 7 you go home, you're thinking about the shop yeah you wake up you're thinking about the shop you eat breakfast you're thinking about the shop you take a shower you think about the shop and the way we went about it is we were constantly just trying to make sure everybody was happy Mm. and um we started doing you know um a bunch of motor swaps uh getting involved with uh you know turbo kits and tuning and stuff like that when a lot of people didn't do it in the area um and then the one thing that really put us on the map was the right-hand drive conversions. Mm-hmm. So th- the story is is that you could get a front clip from HMO for free back then. Yeah. You can get it from anywhere. You Somebody imports the engine. They take the engine. They take the little knickknacks off the dash. They throw the clips away. Like they, they were literally just tossing them out into the dumpster. 
So we would ask them, hey, can we get your front clips? So we would get their front clips for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we would take, you know, I, I don't know if you know Danny Hernandez, the guy that had the blue EK four-door, like a baby blue, Laguna blue. Yeah, then they changed, he changed the color to like a green mustard color. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah, yeah. BMW yellow. Yeah. Um, his was the first car that we did. And when, when we did it, we did the entire firewall. Like gotcha. spot weld everything, take it all out, yank it, put it in. When we were done, you couldn't tell. Yeah. That's what appealed to people. So we started getting calls from back east. Hey, can we ship our cars out to you to right-hand drive them and stuff like this? Mm. And at the time, it started to get much because we had all these influx of people that wanted to do it. And um, we couldn't keep up with the demand. Yeah. So we did another one, which... Today is, I think the second one we've ever done is Cranky from ATS. Okay. Which is the other blue Integra DC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With we like did, white speckled valve cover, right? Yeah, yeah, the Oreo cookie valve cover. Gotcha. So we did that one, and um, he kind of hid the car, mm-hmm. like for years. I don't know if you noticed, that car just came out like after 2013, 14. Yeah, it was about Actually, the same 2015. time. As like at, um, the the red Integra from ATS mm-hmm. came out. It was around the same time. I remember yeah. both of those yeah, cars were, came out. They, yeah, they kind of came out together. And he sat on that car for. We finished that car in two thousand six. Really? Yeah. What the fuck? It was right hand drive in two thousand six. He kind of just stored it away. Uh huh. Um. So we did a lot of work for ATS. Yeah. There was a lot of cars that we did, and um. You know, with trying to meet deadlines and stuff like that, um, it was really tough. Yeah. Um, especially since I had a family. So it was hard for me to, it put a strong toll on my family. Like yeah. Trying to be there and be at the shop at the same time. Um, and it was really tough, you know, having a business partner who was also your best friend. Mm, yes. Um, I'll say that straight up right now. Yeah. If you ever go into business with somebody. Don't. It, yeah. <laughs> Just make sure that you're separate because being yeah. best friends and trying to, to do a business at the same time, just it's it's not the way to do it. Yeah, definitely. Um, to this day, we're not friends. Really? Yeah. Ah, that's unfortunate. Um, that ended in like 2010-ish, 2010. Um, but we'll get to that part. Yeah. Um, so we were, we were doing great. Made the cover of HCI with Danny's car, mm-hmm. like our first cover. Um, then made it into D sport and then, you know, it started like a, uh, like a, just a, an effect of magazines. We were doing, um, ATS cars. So ATS cars were getting in magazines. Uh, we had the road race car that we were doing for Andre Hartano, um, at the time. And he had a civic SI, which uh, was road racing, Yeah, which a lot of people were like, what's road racing? You know, when it came to Honda's. Because mm-hmm. everything was drag racing. It was either street racing, drag racing, or show car scene. And uh, doing Andre's car really like brought in even more business. But there was only three of us at the shop. You had myself, you had Brandon, and you had Wayne. Mm-hmm. Wayne was like the um, the R and R guy. Remove and reinstall. Gotcha. You know, he he could do a motor swap by himself if he needed to. Brandon was the fab guy. Um, and the engineer kind of type guy, like he could put something down on paper, cat it, whatever, grab the mill, get on it, 
and make something yeah. from scratch from a block of aluminum and really prided himself on his welding and stuff like that. Me, I was more like, which I didn't want to take the role of, but I was the face. Yeah, I was the guy who did almost everything. I could also weld and fab, you know, not as good as Brandon, but I also could talk. I could make customers feel comfortable with coming to us and stuff like that. And then Brandon was more of the tuning guy as well. And then I started to like look in and see what he was doing tuning wise. Cause back then we didn't have Honda data or anything like that. We had Chrome, mm -hmm. Uber data, turbo edit, and then a VAFC. So we were strongly, you know, or we were looking at ways to tune cars at, you know, with what we had. And the VFC was a cool way to go, but it would blow up engines because the more fuel you add, the more timing it adds. So, you know, we were kind of stuck. Yeah. So we started getting into chrome and stuff like that and, and tuning cars that way. And, but we didn't have a dyno. So we were doing stuff on the street where we had to go and rent somebody else's dyno. So Brandon wanted to shy away from the tuning part and do more of the fab stuff. So he kind of, you know, pushed me towards doing the tuning stuff. So I kind of took that role of not only being the face of the of the company and then looking into, you know, ways to tune cars and learning how to tune them back then. Um, and kind of running everything from, because Brandon didn't want to touch any of the finances stuff. He didn't want to touch any of the bills. He didn't. Got it. And it got really tough because then I was, I had everything on my shoulders. Yeah. Plus I had to do the family thing. So, um, that got to a point where, you know, we were outgrowing our shop as well. It was kind of small. So we started looking elsewhere and we found a place in Fremont, a lot bigger shop, a lot better space. Um, and then we found an investor to help us procure a dyno. Mm -hmm. So we ended up moving the shop to Fremont getting a dyno, putting it in. And we basically became like a really good one-stop shop. Um, but sadly in like 2009, it just all fallen. It just, it fell apart. Really fell apart because partly because you try and make ends meet and you have all these people and they want to come in and do stuff. And this is where I admire you for saying support what I do, support my hustle. Yeah. And I didn't have the mindset of this is what I charge. This is what you're going to pay. Yeah. I, I had the mindset of, well, I, I feel like all these people are my friends. Yeah. So I, ha I have to hook them up. Yeah. And that bit me in the ass because, you know, not a lot of people know this, but at a point in 2008, my family and I lived upstairs at the shop. We didn't have a home. We shared like this big giant room, kind of like Pretty much the size of maybe this room that and we're in other, now and the other room gotcha. next door. Okay. And Brandon, who lived with us at the house, moved into the office. Uh -huh. So he basically lived in the office. Wayne lived at home, so it didn't matter. So it saved on overhead, but it didn't. It didn't motivate me enough to realize that what? The, how did we get here? Yeah. Other than the fact that we're hooking everybody up, because you had all of the ATS crew along with other crews in the Bay area coming to us to do stuff. Yeah. And you know, it, it all felt like friendships. 
So in the end, even Brandon would start just doing stuff for people for nothing, like to a point where we we didn't make any money. Yeah. So long story short, in 2009, I decided to get a job. And already my marriage was like on a thin line. Like my wife wasn't getting any time. I had also got hooked on video games at the time to, to take away from the aspect of the shop. Like I was hardcore into COD, mm-hmm. like COD4 whenever it came out. And so she wasn't getting a lot of time. The kids weren't getting a lot of time. So um, in 2008, I decided, no, this this isn't worth it anymore. So, or in 2009, yeah. November 2009. Ended up getting a part-time job going back to my career, audio video. So I did that on the side as well as run the shop mm-hmm. and then left the guys at the shop. The problem with that was is the guys weren't coming in at a specific time. Like now that we didn't live at the shop anymore, we were living in a house. Um, Brandon, Wayne would maybe show up at like noon. Brandon would show up at like hmm. two, three in the afternoon. So instead of it being all three of you having the same goal in mind, it was you were the boss. And if they're not, if you're not around, then they can basically just do whatever they wanted to do. Well, I think Brandon knew he was his own boss, but he just didn't have, I just don't, don't know if he had the drive anymore. I, I, I think that's what it came down to is he just didn't have the drive anymore. Yeah. And so he would come in at two, three in the afternoon. And then I would, if I didn't work my other job and I was there, I would get there at like 10, 11. Mm-hmm. We'd open up at 10. Sometimes I'd be a little late because I'd run errands. So I get there and then he wouldn't really want to do any work till like six o'clock at night and I'm ready to go. Yeah. I'm ready to go home, see my family. Yeah. And I would go to walk out and he would stop me. Hey, I need help with this. Well, I'm leaving. Well, then this, it's not going to get done. Well, what do you mean? Like, you know, it's got to get done. So, and it was stuff that pertained to just him. Gotcha. Like, you know, a roll cage in a car just sat and sat and sat and never got done um and i'm not going to say that you know they're at fault you know we're all at fault yeah i'll i'll say i'm the first one to say that i'm at fault just as much as they are like we didn't succeed because we didn't work together to get where we needed to be so um in december or january of 2010 that job that i had turned into a full-time job Mm. So I came to the guys and I said, we could sell the shop, we can close the shop, or you can keep the shop and I'll take my stuff and go. I'll just grab my stuff and we'll take off. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll take off. You guys can, but mind you, this was a private meeting between the three of us. I said, mind you, we're behind on rent, three months. We're behind on garbage, three months. We're behind on the phone bill, two months. We're behind on the cell phone bills, two months. We're behind on this, we're behind on that. Like we were buried fuck yeah like it was it was rough and i said i need to get a job because my family's sitting at home and you know we're about to lose the house and i can't do this anymore so i ended up moving right after that so i signed everything over Uh i said you guys are going to take responsibility of all of it it's all yours without my overhead you guys should shine so, and at the time, inside our shop, we had uh, Spool and Performance, which is owned by Phil. And 
um, he rented a small space in the corner. He was doing turbo kits and whatever else. And uh, he he watched how it progressed. So basically I signed everything over. We went to the city. I even signed over the business license. I took my name off of everything. Mm. But somehow there was a mishap where my ma- my name stayed on the sales license. Okay. Well, the sales tax never got paid. So now my name is attached to that. So um, six months go by. I leave, and it took me a while to get my stuff out. I had to get my toolbox. It was locked, stuff like that. But they had the key, so when I went to go get my toolbox, all my tools were just in a disarray. So I had to sit there and look through all the other toolboxes, grab all my shit. Um, funny story about when I went to go pick up my toolbox is um, a friend of ours. Um, I won't name him just because I didn't ask him if I could name him or mm-hmm. not. He's there working on his car. He's renting a lift from Brandon and Wayne. And he says, um, he goes, hey, are you on your way to the shop? I said, yeah. He said, okay, cool. I'm here. I said, and he's like, I'll help you get whatever you need. I said, okay, cool. So, because I guess he heard over here, Wayne or Brandon say, hey, Jeremy's on his way. So I get there. I pull up with a trailer. I grab my toolbox. I grab all my spare parts um, for my car and some other knickknack shit. And then I say hi. Everything's cordial. I haven't seen him in like five, six months or whatever, or maybe four months. So hi, how you doing? Shake hands, chill for a minute, and then I grab all my stuff and I take off. Well, not even 20 minutes later, I get a phone call. It's my friend at the shop. He goes, hey, um, are you and Brandon and Wayne all cool? I mean, when you guys were here, it seemed like everything was good. I said, yeah, mm-hmm. well, we're mm-hmm. cool. So man, they were just talking mad shit about you. Mm. Like just going off you know, like hatred type shit. And I'm like, I was just there. He's like, yeah, I know. I saw the whole thing. (laughs) And I'm like, whatever. So that kind of pissed me off a little bit. Yeah. So I get home. I put my toolbox away. I put everything away. I work on my car. And mind you, I still have my car. It's blue at the time. And I get it running and I take it to a car meet like a month later. And who's there? Brandon and Wayne. And... You know, I'm, it was kind of weird because I got a weird vibe from a lot of people, a mm. lot a lot of the ATS guys, a lot of other people. And our friend Andrew, who um, co-owns the dyno, he's the investor on the dyno. And he, um, you know, I say hi to him, what's up? And then I go to say hi to Brandon, and Brandon talks to me like nothing's wrong. <laughs> oh, hey, how's it going? Oh, what'd you do new here? What'd you do there? Talked to him for like 15, 20 minutes. And then... After the meet, I get a phone call, and it's from Andrew. And Andrew's like, hey, are you and Brandon cool? (laughs) (laughs) This is the same story. And so I started to put two and two together, so I got really pissed off. Mm -hmm. And and I share this story because this story is public. I mean, when this happened, this was on Facebook. This was when Facebook was huge. Mm -hmm. And I get on Facebook, and um, I go off on a rant. I can't remember word for word. But I didn't name anybody. Yeah. I just said, I hope you got what you wanted. Um, you know, I, I'm glad you could sit there and talk shit about me. Blah, blah, blah. Everything we've been through. 
I laid it all on the table. Mm-hmm. I didn't name any names. Shit you not, like maybe three, four comments below after I post it, somebody yells out, you're talking about Brandon. <laughs> so right then and there, if you already knew, if you saw the post and, and you didn't know what was happening, like if you didn't witness what was happening, you wouldn't know who I was talking about. Mm-hmm. So obviously this person who posted this knew and witnessed what was happening. And it was somebody that I hadn't talked to like in a little while. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, you know, for him to know, I was like, well, shit, he knows what's up too. Yeah. So about a week goes by and I get a phone call from Wayne. And Wayne's like, hey, uh, just want to say sorry, you know, for this, this, and this. And we had a long conversation. And in short, I said, it's okay, Wayne, whatever, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And you said, okay, so we're cool. I said, yeah, we're cool. Don't worry about it. And then I got off the phone. Next day, I get a phone call from Wayne. Hey, uh, Brandon called me. Uh, yeah, what's up? He's all, he saw your Facebook post. Okay, cool. Yeah, he asked me if it was about him. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> yes. I was like, yeah. And uh, so not even a day after that, I'm on my way to DMV. And I get a phone call from a phone number that I've, I don't have in my phone. Mm-hmm. It's like a 925 number. It's ringing, and you know I don't know who it is, but I always answer my calls if I'm if I see my phone ring, and I, I'll answer it. Yeah. If not, I'll you know if I don't see it, I'll call you back. So I pick it up, and he goes, you know I I hear the person on the line, and the the person goes, "Hey, how's it going?" And the first thing out of my mouth was, "What the fuck do you want?" Ooh. It was Brandon. Uh huh. This conversation happened pretty much verbatim. It was, oh, I saw the Facebook post, you know, what's going on, this and that. And I said, what do you think's going on? You know, I sit here and I think we're cool for like months on end. And then I, all I hear is everybody telling me you talk shit about me. Yeah. Left and right. <laughs> I'm like, you know. And this is stuff I wouldn't – I. I tell this story to anybody yeah i've told this story a hundred times to other people it's not something i I wouldn't say if brandon was sitting where you are i'd tell him straight up yeah this is what happened so he goes well you know how can i make it right so well you can make it right by getting my name off the sales tax for one and then you can make it right by telling everybody that you lied about half the shit you said about me just to make yourself look good Mm -hmm. and so we talked for a little bit but i had to get inside i was i was at dmv already and I had I had to get my car registered. And, you know, I had an appointment. Yeah, I said, I'll "Tell you what, Brandon, I'll call you when I'm done, and then we'll f- we'll finish this conversation." I said, "I just need to go to DMV. I need to check some stuff out, and then I'll call you back." So I go into DMV and I check. You know, I do my stuff. I pay my registration. I get out and I pick up the phone and I call him and I get a voicemail. I said, "Hey, it's Jeremy. Give me a call back. Here's my. You know, you have my number." I haven't heard from Brandon since that day. When was that? 2011. Oh, shit. Is he still around? Yeah, as far as I know. Hmm. But I I basically just said, okay. That's how it goes, man. That's the moral of the story of doing business with friends. Yeah, I want to dig into more about what you were saying about thinking that everybody's your friend. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that I've, I've have personal, uh, experience with, but I want to hear it from your side. Um, when did you realize that you cared more about these friends than they cared about you? 
probably when I left the shop. And my wife will say the same thing. She saw it happen. She's mm-hmm. like front row seat. They always figure it out first. <laughs> yeah, they figure it out first. So basically, I found out who my friends were when I left the shop. Because I'll tell you right now, what had happened when I left the shop is everybody stopped talking to me. Yeah. To a point where, like, only the LA peeps would talk to me. Yeah. Like, Face 2 Mikey, um, Salem, yeah. Murdoch, um, Ryan um you know the other ryan durr yeah stuff like that i noticed that everybody in northern california especially the ats guys they all stopped talking to me Hmm. um and you know i i realize now it's because brandon and waney would sit there and blame everything that happened to the shop on me gotcha jeremy did this jeremy did that and nobody knew the full story you know, nobody's ever heard what I've had to say. Yeah. You know, so I found out who my friends were exactly at that point. And I can count all of them on one hand. Yeah. That was it. Before, I didn't have enough hands. <laughs> you know, I didn't I didn't have enough room on this table to count how many people I thought were friends. Yep. But as soon as that happened, you know, you, you saw who stuck by you and who didn't. I mean, there's still some guys that don't talk to me to this day. Yeah. Um, because they believe what they believe. Yeah. And that's fine. Um, I do talk to some of the ATS guys still, ATSV, um, Jason, stuff like that. Um, Fred once in a while. Um, um, not so much anybody else, Hmm. you know, and that was the core people of the group at the time that were friends. You know, those were the people that we met up with. We went to travel down to Ibach with. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think one other guy would be Danny who, not Danny Hernandez, but, um, Danny who used to own the, uh, green NSX with all the Kevlar on it. Okay. Um, he, you know, I still talk to him to this day. Um, you know, so it, when you have the business, like you say, you know, support your friends. Um, but everybody, and I talked to Ken, I should take that back. Week fest, Ken, I talked to Ken a lot. Shout out to Ken, man. Um, which I'll be seeing in February when he comes to Weekfest in Hawaii. Oh shit! Yeah. That's in February. Mm-hmm. February first. Man, I would like to make it out for that. You should. Huh? <laughs> Light bulb. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, um, you know, and and when you have a business and and people come to you, they always expect a handout mm-hmm. if they're your friends or they become your friends. I've had people recently become friends. From the car stuff, yeah. But I'll I'll tell you now in Hawaii it's way different. If if Dicky, a friend of mine, hits me up and says, "Hey, I need this," and he says the first thing out of his mouth is, "How much?" He doesn't say, "Hey, can you just get me this?" Yeah. And then, or can you do this for me? After I'm done, he hands me cash. Yeah. And sometimes I look at him and say, "No, no, we're good. Don't worry about it. You've helped me out with something else. You know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours." Yeah. Um. So, but I occasionally get the guy who goes, can you fix this for me? Yeah, it's $100 for an hour minimum. Yeah. And I'll go and fix it. But it only took me 20 minutes. Well, is it still 100 bucks? Yeah, it's yeah. still 100 bucks. But it only took you 20 minutes. I'm saving you 40 minutes, yeah. bro. <laughs> well, I'm saving you four days of headache of you trying to figure it out. One. Yeah. And then two, it took me 20 years to get to the point where I can fix it in 20 minutes. Yeah. 
you know, I mean, by all means, go look up Google, YouTube, and whatever else you got to look up, and you try and fix it within that frame time. Yeah. And then you let me know how it goes. So, um, but yeah, back to the friend thing. If if your friends are really your friends, you'll notice when you go to do stuff for them. Yeah. Um, which, you know, that story I tell you about the rebirth of the, the DB yeah. um, has to do with all my friends that are in Hawaii right now. Yeah, I, I definitely want to touch on everything, man. But I, I really can relate to those stories that you were saying, mm-hmm. um, especially thinking that you have so many friends and supporters and things like that until the tide changes and you're yeah. like, fuck. Yeah. That was all an illusion. Yep. And you know, um, learning that is is a very, very hard lesson, yep. but the the place that it leaves you in, it makes me feel a lot better knowing than than not knowing. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could Yeah. Well the other thing it does is it it, it kind of taints your perspective a little bit too because then making friends after that happened to me just was really tough yeah like i didn't want to i didn't want to get too close to anybody after that i didn't want to you know like you know randy in hawaii for instance when i first met him i just shook his hand and then i just walked away you know Mm. i said hi how are you that was it it took like he'll tell you too it took like three four five visits before we actually got to know each other and become friends and then he would still pay me for my services and stuff like that that's when i knew i said this guy's real you know he's not just trying to be my friend just so i can help him finish his car or help him tune it or give him advice and stuff yeah. like that so um and that happened with a lot of the guys there like it you know i was standoffish you know you're kind of skittish um when it comes to making friends yeah because you don't want the same thing to happen to you again. You don't want to be taken advantage of. Yeah. So now I really value that friendship. So like when we have get-togethers and stuff, it, it gets down to the like full-on speech. Like so thankful you guys are like we had Thanksgiving. We called it Friendsgiving. Yeah. We had a Friendsgiving. And, and before I got to the island, from what I'm told by uh, my friend Germs and a couple other people um, and Ronald from – team monsu because um from what i'm told and and his wife ashley also he reiterated this said before you got here jeremy we would all be segregated mm-hmm. like nobody would talk to this crew nobody would talk to that crew we'd be in parking lots and spots he's all when you got here you know now we've got four different crews at a friend's giving you know Sick. so now we've got you know and it's not the whole crew it's like bits and pieces from one crew bits and pieces from another crew bits and pieces from another yeah, yeah, yeah. and i told him i said because i don't associate myself with just one crew i can never be in a car club i told him that i said being red zone makes it to where i'm just red zone like think of that as my car club yeah but i'm solo with my family my wife so you know if you choose to support red zone underneath your club banner or whatever I am so thankful for you doing that. And that's that's what's happened is, you know, you got Project One, you got Monsu, you got Ruthless, you got, you know, this other team over here, Grounded Locals, you got, you know, um, High Rev, you know, all these other crews on the island. And they all kind of just hang out and meet together sometimes. And they said that that never happened before. Yeah. Which that feels good. Hell yeah. So when we have this Friendsgiving, you know, I made a speech. 
I said, hey, I'm so thankful you guys are here. Um, you know, having your friendship means a lot to me. You know, I've had some shitty friendships in the past that just ended badly, you know, the whole nine. And then uh, I think to end the night, I handed out special keychains to everybody. Cool. It's these little red zone Hawaii ones. Yeah. Just handed them out. Said, here, these are exclusive. Like, I'm not selling these. These are for you guys. You yeah. know, I have a handful left. Said, I'm only giving these out to certain people. So, um, you know, they were floored. They're like, what? You know, so. Um, but it was really nice to know that, you know, it, that I could come in and kind of be the connecting bridge yeah. to other people. And then they're like, because Germ said straight up, he's like, I would have never been friends with Dickie if it wasn't for you. He's all, I saw Dickie in a parking lot, or I see him here and see him there, but I would never hang out with him. He's all, until he came over to your house one day and we all started hanging out. You know, now, you know, we're all yeah. commingling. Yeah. So. Now, do you feel like that is because um, they're, they're different people on the island versus, like, California type of people and mentalities? It is a different mentality. It The aloha there is super real. Like, um, you could be on the side of the road, you could be just another Honda, and here, somebody would probably just drive by you. Like, you'd have 20 people drive by you with your hood open before somebody would stop. Mm -hmm. There, first guy would stop mm -hmm. say, hey, what's wrong? How can I help you? Um, you know, or if, you, if you're just having, you know, trouble, period. Yeah. Like, you know, um, a scrap in a parking lot somebody will come over and break it up unlike here everybody breaks out their phones yeah you know what i mean yeah so you'll get you know more interaction there as far as like trying to make peace or trying to help somebody out and stuff like that um the mentality here that i've witnessed or you know being in norcal is it's kind of every man for himself or every crew for themselves yeah or every group of friends for themselves um Whereas there, it's it's definitely a different feel. Yeah, I pretty much feel the same way that it that it's like that. I don't know about NorCal. I've only spent maybe a couple weekends up there, but mm. as far as SoCal, a lot of it feels like that. That it's pretty much everybody for themselves. You yeah, know? and I understand it because I I know what it's like growing up out here. It's like you got to fend for yourself, and you got to make sure that you're the one mm -hmm. to make it. But that's like such a terrible mentality to have and, and to live by, you know, yeah. and then you lose those things where you don't really have that many close friends mm -hmm. or people that, that will invite you to Friendsgiving yeah. and things like that, you know. But yeah. when it's time that somebody needs something, they're definitely going to hit you up. Yeah. I mean, you know, we st I still get that once in a while. I'll have the occasional guy that doesn't talk to me for a while and then he'll hunt me up when he needs something which is fine yeah i mean that just means that i know where we stand you know um and and i'm guilty of that too i'm human mm -hmm. you know i only hit up people at certain times when yeah. i need something but at least i know that we're both on the same page that it's more of a you know when you need something you can hit me up when i need something i can hit you up perfect type yeah. of deal so um you know we don't have to to hang out in order to scratch each other's backs. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a favor for a favor is is a favor for a favor. It's yeah. what it is. So, um, you know, I, I feel bad that sometimes I only hit, you know, somebody up when I need something. And then, you know, and 
I hate to to do the whole, oh, hey, I'm just hitting you up to see how you're doing, and then wait like an hour or so and said, oh, hey, do you have this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That just feels shitty. Yeah. So sometimes I will look for other, av- other avenues of if I needed something, then, and I know I can get it easy from this guy, but I haven't talked to them in a while. I'll force myself to try and figure out how yeah. to get it a different way because I don't want to feel like a dick or an asshole for only hitting you up because I needed something because I wouldn't want that to happen to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think what I do in those circumstances is I, I just blatantly say it. You know, yeah. um, I've been getting some stuff from K-Tune lately and I haven't had much uh, contact with them because I haven't been building lately, you mm-hmm. know. So um, from them being in Canada, I rarely even see them at shows or events, but they're really good people. So yeah. sometimes I'll just go on there. Hey, man, hope everything is going good, you know. And then when I do need something, I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. I haven't talked to you for so long, man. I hope everything's good. I just need to get this. I, I hate to hit you up yeah. like this, you know, but... Yeah. Certain people understand, you know. Yeah, and when it comes to the business aspect of it, like you're you're using it business to business. Yeah. That's a little different because you know, business relationships they'll always be there. Yeah. Because you're always gonna buy something from them or they're gonna buy something from you. Um, but for more personal thing like, you know, like Ken for instance from Weekfest. Yeah. I feel like I only hit Ken up when it's Weekfest time. Yeah. And that feels like shit to me. Because yeah. I don't say that I appreciate him enough to say hi once in a while. So occasionally on a on a holiday, I'll remember, oh, shit, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Hope you're doing well, you know, blah, 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 or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah, definitely. And I'll try and catch myself doing that. But, you know, and Ken knows that when I am hitting him up, it's most likely to talk about the upcoming event, you know. And um, I just don't think that, you know, I do it enough to, you know, make myself feel better about hitting them up for, for, you know, Hey, I need 26 spots for week fest. Yeah. You know? And then he's like, Whoa, you need how many? <laughs> so yeah, I need 26 spots. He's like, Holy shit. So, you know, and then we'll converse a little yeah. bit and, you know, I mean, going. at least you're conscious of it. Um, and that's what I've been trying to do. You know, I'll just message people randomly out of the blue and yeah. I'll, I'll really word it in a certain way where it's kind of like, you don't have to message me back anything else. Yeah. So, hey, man, I hope everything's going good. I wish you have a great week. You know, have a good day. And then yeah. and then just leave it at that. Yeah. You know? And I try to do that just because I would like people to do that with me. To do the me, same to you. You know? You but know? Do I, unto others as you'd want them exactly. to do to you. And you know? uh, legit, I probably only have really one friend that does that for me. And it's my buddy TJ. And he actually just called me before you came yeah. just to see if I wanted to go to lunch, you know? <laughs> and people from the outside looking in, they'll think, you know, uh, I don't know what idea they have in their mind about Downstar or how big yeah. or whatever, but it's not like, you know, I'm at car meets all the time, hanging with people at oh. shops and this. It's just like, this is my job. This is mm-hmm. I have a job. And, and the same struggles that you're probably dealing with, I'm probably dealing with them too. Yeah. You know, whether you're you're paying your light bill, phone bill, whatever, I'm paying, you know, people, suppliers and things like that. It's, yeah. it's, it's the same thing. But, like, when it comes to that day off and nobody's hitting you up to hang out or, yep. or you know, 
you're always the one who's making the calls or making the people, effort making the effort it, it makes yeah. you feel shitty dude yeah it does and you know sometimes you just gotta realize other people have lives too yeah they're doing you know you don't know what they're going through you yeah. don't know if they're working 24 7 for some reason you know maybe they end up getting a second job and didn't tell you about it so you just have to have the mentality of maybe i should just say hi yeah and definitely then let them take over and you know when they have time they'll they'll say what's up back and that's what i've been trying to do lately yeah. you know i i felt like i've been on a real uh soul searching uh mission as of late just trying to figure out like this whole life thing mm -hmm. you know because when, once you have your business or you're doing your thing or whatever you're still trying to figure out like this isn't what i thought it would be like at the end of it yeah you know i thought it would feel differently yeah you know, sometimes when i come in it just feels like a job yeah i'm in here and then shit, i gotta go you yeah. know and um but it's dope i i think there's there's always a lot of room to self-improve and self-reflect and you know see what kind of image you're putting off so mm -hmm. that that kind of brings me to a question why do you think it was so easy for people to take the um, the experiences or the word of Brandon and Wayne and say, okay, that's how that's how Jeremy was. Yeah, um, my belief on that is, well, one because I'm the one who left, so they made it. They didn't really tell the full story of how I left or or why I left. N nobody really knew. Yeah. Um, so if you don't know why I left and you don't care to talk to me to ask me why i left or what the reasons behind me leaving was yeah. then you know you're gonna just hear one side of the story and the one side of the story was jeremy left and he left us with all these bills yeah well that wasn't the case i wanted to close the shop down and distribute whatever was left sell it pay all the stuff off and walk away yeah but i gave them the option you and wayney can take over and the shitty thing is, is they didn't even last, they didn't even last six months. I Like, they closed the doors in July of 2010 or something like mm -hmm. that. Like, literally, I think Phil said for a month, it was really good. Like, shop was clean, they were coming in on time, they were doing all this stuff. And then, all of a sudden, it just stopped. Yeah. And then I had my friend Justin call me up one day and said, what the fuck's going on at the shop? Mm. Well, what do you mean? What the, dude, I was just at the shop and a dog pissed on my leg. So <laughs> he goes, the shop smells like dog shit, smells like piss. There's shit everywhere. I had customers hitting me up, asking me, um, you know, telling me that Wayne is saying that their stuff's not done because Jeremy up and left. When the customer turned around and said, Wayne, I brought my stuff in after Jeremy left. So what's the excuse now? Huh. Stuff like that. Gotcha. So um, without hearing my side of the story, it, it probably was... And they, they, they needed the shop. Yeah. They needed somebody to tune the cars. They needed somebody to do fabrication. They needed somebody to do the work on this and that and whatever else. They needed to buy parts. The customers. The customers slash friends. The ones that were getting parts at cost. Mm. The ones that were getting work done for half the price or free. Yeah. Stuff like that. They needed that. So, of course. I so mean, they'll deal with some piss. <laughs> or they'll deal with, you know, knowing that, you know, I, I'd rather deal, be on this side of the track than be over here with Jeremy where I can't get anything done. Yeah. I can't benefit from it. Yeah. 
So what, you know, what can you do? So I left the shop 2010, January, 2010, February. And then I went to work for an AV company until about 2013 when I got laid off. Uh huh. When I got laid off, I had a friend of mine, um, Geith, and he came to me and he said, yeah, young cat, yeah. like 22, 23 at the time. He goes, hey, Jeremy, let's open a shop. I said, nah, I don't really want to open a shop. You sure? Yeah. No, I'm good. So he was still doing stuff in his garage. And then one day I said, hey, Geith, I need help in the garage. He goes, well, what do you need? I said, I got a special project for us. He goes, what is that? And I said, Ken just hit me up. His friend Hiro from Japan, mm-hmm. you know Hiro, mm-hmm. um, he has a friend, Hiro also, that has an EA. Mm-hmm. They want to put a K-Series in it. Mm. They brought the car here, shipped it from Japan. Oh, shit. It's at Weak Sauce. Uh-huh. And, oh, fuck. And the engine's at Weak Sauce, but nobody seems to know how they can make the mounts to put the engine in because nobody made mounts. Yeah. So I went and looked at it, and I said, okay. So I hit Gaith up. I said, Gaith, you want to do this in my garage? goes fuck it i'm down send it yeah so we went picked up the car it had the single cam in it still so we drove it mm-hmm. like we had somebody physically drive it all the way from weak sauce in san jose i lived in brentwood at the time uh-huh. um up in norcal drove it parked it in the garage took the engine out of the truck put it in the garage and we started looking at it and then we're like all right let's tear it apart so one weekend we just tore everything out of it got the single cam out of it then we started really looking at it. Go, how are we going to mount this fucking engine? This <laughs> it's a K-series. Nobody's done a K-series in an EA yet, let alone a right-hand drive EA. Yeah. Um, well, how are we going to mount this thing? God damn. So I look at it and go, K-series EK mounts. Uh-huh. Siri. <laughs> so let's get some K-EK mounts. Yeah. So you think that'll work? I said, well, yeah, we'll cut and weld. We'll just use the aluminum part and we'll cut and weld whatever brackets so we get it where we want it and we take the k uh ek mounts and we start placing them and then we start cutting them and then we said fuck it weld them to the chassis i think it took us a couple weekends we ended up getting the engine in settled where it needed to be started you know making sure that throttle cables and everything else was going to work and uh shifter cables Got it to a point where all they had to do was the wiring, hook up the exhaust, and um, radiator hoses and stuff like that. We even made it to where the radiator would fit. Mm. Like, everything was super close. Mm -hmm. So then Ken hits us up and goes, hey, is the car ready to ship? I said, yeah. So we put the car on a trailer. We take it over to Oakland, put it up on a skid, and then put everything inside of it, and off it goes. Back to Japan. About a month or two later, I get a photo from the owner, and there it is, a fully running right-hand drive EA fat red zone sticker across the entire windshield. Yeah. With a right wire harness, the works, sitting right there at a, at the Weekfest Japan car show. <laughs> the best feeling in the world. And that's when yeah. That's when Geith and I got acquainted on how we work. So I still didn't have a job. I was on unemployment, and I looked at Geith, and we were proud of what we did. He said, he goes, so, want to open up a shop? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, let's open up the shop. And he goes, what do you want to call it? And I said, just call it Red Zone again. Really? This time around, we'll call it Red Zone Race. Okay. So, um, Red Zone Performance is what the last business was called. Gotcha. So, this time around, in 2013, we decided Red Zone Race. 
Ground a spot in Antioch, California. Nice spot, huge. Um, got some. Uh, uh, Guyth got some investment money from family, mm-hmm. and then I procured um, a loan from my good friend Lee, who was part of the original Red Zone crew back okay. in the day. Lee Trong, and I thank him to this day for believing in me and making this work. And I still talk to him, like we exchange text messages back and forth. He's building a CRX, and you know, I'm trying to help him out with nice. That. And um, we go down to Fresno and we buy this dyno from this defunct shop that's closing down that used it for diesel trucks. Mm-hmm. And we get it for a really good deal. So I hit up my cousin who um drives a truck like a semi truck and trailer i said hey do me a favor can you pick up this dyno <laughs> he goes yeah let's do it i said how yeah. much will it run me he goes just pay the gas it's like no shit he's like yeah just pay the gas i got you Ooh. just when the dyno's up and running i want to put my el camino on it nice he's got this badass el camino and um he's one bad wagon on instagram mm-hmm. and um so we go down there, we grab the dyno, we bring it in, we set the shop up, we have two rotary lifts, um, we have the dyno, um, you know, we buy a welder, you know, uh, buy some toolboxes from Matco, and we, we start jamming. And we continue to make a name for ourselves. And to this day, the shop's still there. No shit. Yeah. So in 2015, like we, we were making a name for ourselves, and about 2014, 14-ish or so... Um, you know, we were, we were doing really well. I I was proud of what we were doing. Um, I was still able to go home on time, even though I was working late once in a while, I was still able to do like nine to five or nine to six. And that was good enough for me. Yeah. And I still could pay the bills. I could do this. I can do that. So about 2015, I got a job offer to go to Hawaii and I came to Guyth and I said, Hey Guyth. I got a job offer to go to Hawaii. It's a good amount of money. I got to relocate my family. What do you think? And, you know, at first he's like, oh, man, I don't know. You know, it, it sucked, you know, to to end the shop. This yeah. And that. You keep it going. I'll I'll do tuning, remote tuning, and I'll help as much as I can. And we'll get the transition. And then you can just take over the whole shop. So that's what we did. Um, it was a little rocky in the beginning and a little rocky a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. But I would say now, I mean, we have a good steady relationship to where I can hit him up and I say, hey, I got a remote tune. And I got a guy who wants to come in for tuning. Um, what day are you available? We'll set it up. Guy will come in. He'll put the car on the dyno. He'll check it all out. He'll drive it. He'll hook up the ECU to the laptop. I'll log in and then I'll do the tuning. And then he'll take the payment, and then at the end of the month, we'll divvy it up. So at first, we would pay for the dyno because we still had a loan on it. That got paid off. And then now it's just we. I help pay, you know, when we do the tuning, a portion of the money goes towards the rent for the dyno. Gotcha. So about a year and a half or two ago, Guy turned it into a, like a appointment-only shop. So now he just does stuff by appointment. But he also rented out spaces for all our friends. So our friends would have a say in, you know, putting their car in and paying towards the rent. So I think that's the way it's sitting now. Um, I mean, I don't 
get into too much of the business dealings anymore with what they have going at the shop. I just know that I can rely on Guyth to, you know, let me know what time he's available, and then we tune a car. And that's my portion. That's that's it. That's my only involvement with the shop up in NorCal now. Yeah. I don't do any selling. I don't do any, you know, business dealings. I'm, you know, not part of any of the accounts. Nothing. You know, just anything and everything. You know, if, I don't even know if Guy still runs it as a business or it's just a place for him to do whatever he wants to do. Um, so, you know, and that worked out really well because I watched Guy grow into you know, what he does now. I mean, before he kind of knew some stuff, but now, I mean, the guy's really knowledgeable. Like, I'm proud to know that, you know, he can just, he he can do stuff on his own and, and knows what he's doing. Like, he can build an engine. He can build, rebuild transmissions from dog boxes to stock. He can, he can do it all. Yeah. Um, and he's got his little brother doing fabrication there, and his little brother's doing great at fabrication. So, um, to leave the shop this time around on a good note felt really, really good. Yeah. You know? Okay, everybody, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be back in one minute. Yo, what's up, fool? Make sure you check out Downstar for all of your dress up needs. Get it popping over here. We have all the kits for the K series, the B series, the transmission, the mounts, the engine, the Toro, baby. We have the hardware for the seats, for the stereo. We got it for the speakers. We got it for the lug nuts. We got it for the air valves. We got it for everything, dog. So you make sure you hit us up at downstarring.com or you call us up, fool. You can even text us, lame. 818-937-3472. Just shoot us a text and tell us what's up, dog. I need some fuck. Can boss in this bitch hit us up downstarring.com hey and if you got an instagram slide in our fucking dm at downstar wait hit up the homie frank underscore downstar he's the one that takes care of all the dms hit that level up and shoot him a message and he'll get you all taken care of real nicely so what does the red zone name mean to you why why wouldn't you just want to change it to something else with that bad experience the first time around? Because Red Zone was never meant to be a shop. Red Zone was always a family or a car crew. Got you. So first and foremost, Lee Trong, the guy who yeah. helped me with some money for the dyno, he created that the logo. He did he did all that. Got I mean you. he he still goes by Red Zone Labs. Which is like his design company. He's a de- he's basically a graphic designer. Okay, cool. So, um, you know, and I asked him up front. I said, hey, is it okay if I, I do this? I asked for his blessing. Gotcha. He said, yeah, no problem. Cool, Go cool, for cool. it. So to keep that name alive since it has roots all the way back to 1994, 95. Gotcha. Was one of the reasons why we kept using it. It, it was already an established name. People knew who it was. For the shop to close down was a dev- was devastation or devastating to a lot more a lot of people other than just myself, Brandon and yeah. Wayne. It was a lot of people who were like, "Fuck, Red Zone's gone." Yeah. So when they saw Red Zone come back, they were like, they were asking, you know, "Where's Brandon? Where's Wayne?" And said, They're not here this time around. This is just myself and Gaith. Gotcha. Two people. We're not best friends. You know, we're friends, but. He does his thing. I do my thing. Sometimes we do stuff together. We don't live together. You know, we're not roommates. Um, 
I don't know what he's doing half the time yeah. on his personal time. He doesn't know what I'm doing half the per- half of my time, yeah. personal time. So it wasn't something that commingled together. Yeah. So we didn't have to go and do everything together all at once unless it was car related. That's what the cool thing was. And guys had his own set of friends. I still had my own set of friends. Then we had friends together. Gotcha. So this time around, it, it just, you know, it made more sense, one, to use the red zone name because it was still relevant. And then two, um, to leave on a good note and, you know, know that it was in good hands to keep going um, in the direction that we wanted it to go in. Gotcha. So, I mean, people still know the name. And, you know, I created on the side, I told guys, I said, hey, I'm going to create Red Zone Hawaii. And I'm just going to do my thing out here when it comes to tuning. I don't build engines. I don't do transmission. I can do all that, but I don't. I mean, my thing is, is if you need an ECU, if you need Honda, you need some parts, I got you. Um, if you need tuning, that's my primary focus is getting your car tuned. And I'm not a kind of guy that just favors one car crew or one guy or anything like that. If you come to me and you want to make your car fast and you want to listen to my opinions and what I have from my experience to say and go that route, let's do it. Gotcha. It's an all-in type thing. Um, it, and I tell people all the time, if you don't trust in anything I have to say, if you have second thoughts or doubts about anything I tell you, by all means, find somebody, find a tuner that you trust wholly. Because if you can't, if you second guess me, then it's just going to be a weird relationship the whole time. Um, I don't have to be your tuner. They come to me, like so I'll have guys come to me and say, hey, I want to do this, this, and this. And I say, okay, well, you know, when it comes time, you should get this, you should get this. And then whoever tunes it, that's you'll always hear me say, whoever tunes it. They go, oh, well, you're going to tune it. I said, that doesn't make any, you know, that doesn't make or break what we're talking about right now. Whoever tunes it, if you choose me, great. If you choose somebody else, awesome. I'm not going to be mad. So go with who you feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. If I don't make you feel comfortable, then you're not going to make me feel comfortable. We're going to have a bad situation. You're not going to listen to anything I have to say. And then, you know, we're just going to have a blaming war when stuff happens. It's not the way it should be. It should be a mutual understanding, good relationship when it comes to the client and the tuner. Yeah. So, you know, I, I have a guy on Big Island who came to me for tuning and I tuned it and then, you know, he would second guess me a lot. And I finally told him, I said, dude, if you want to find another tuner, I'm, I won't be mad, you know, have somebody else tune it. So he asked me one day, he said, hey, do you mind if so-and-so tunes it? Um, a really well-known tuner from back east. Uh-huh. I said, no, I don't, I don't mind, you know, have him tune it and then, you know, whatever I'm good with it. I'm not going to be mad. You can still ask me questions, whatever you want. So he did that. He had the other guy tune it. And the other guy tuned it, and I think it made like six to eight more horsepower. And it could have been anything because he had changed a couple things. Yeah. So who knows if it was the tuner or if it was this or it was that. But I looked at it as in, great, he found somebody else to tune it. He's happy. Let him go and do his thing. Car ran like one tenth of a second faster, yeah. which is could be anything as well. It wasn't a significant gain. Could and be a diet. <laughs> he could have taken a shit right before that run. I mean, the gas tank could have been half empty or yeah. half full, however you want to look at it. So 
he calls me up. I think he call he texts me not even maybe three weeks ago. He uh-huh. says, "Hey, I'm gonna change all these parts. You down to tune it?" <laughs> yeah, I'm down to tune it. Let me know. He's like, "All right, cool." Uh huh. So you know, it was no harm, no foul. I let him. If I was, if you're gonna be the type of tuner that gets upset because somebody else wants to try somebody else, then why are you tuning? Because yeah. that's gonna happen all the time. You're always gonna get the you know the one guy who, you know, there's that one guy out there that just doubts everybody. It doesn't matter how good you are. Yeah, you're gonna get doubted. You know, there's going to be that one guy that's just going to doubt everything you know and want to go and try somebody else. Don't let it, you know, I'm not going to lose sleep at night. Yeah. You're going to walk over there and and talk to that guy about it? By all means, go ahead. I'll still be over here doing what I have to do and, you know, making sure that whoever does come to me gets the best service possible because I don't know everything. Yeah. I'm probably one of the... You know, a few people that I know of that sits there and goes, you can learn something every day. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't, you're probably like that too, you know. You don't know everything. You know, you can learn something every day. There's something to learn. Um, and I don't, I'm, I don't sit there and say I'm God's gift to tuning and I know it all. I don't, you know, I, sometimes I doubt myself when it comes to certain things. And yeah, I, I do well for myself and I can explain you know, a lot of things well to people when it comes to asking me questions about tuning. But, you know, there might be a system I've never touched. Yeah. You know, um, people ask me all the time, can you tune this? As long as you have the software and I can take a look at it, yeah. And that kind of worries them because, you know, you've never done it before. So, and that's another thing when it comes to tuning is if you've never tuned that type of car before, they shy away from you. Yeah. So since I'm known for Hondas, that's all ever everybody comes to me for is just Hondas. I'll do the occasional 240. I'll do a GTR. I'll do an Infinity on a Subaru. Or I'll do this, you know, some weird off EMS4 on a Toyota Tacoma. But then, you know, until I do it, you know, unless I tell them if I really want to do it and I, I can lie to them and say, oh, yeah, I've done plenty. Yeah. And then I'll go and do it and they're happy. <laughs> Great. But what if I fuck it up? Yeah, you know, and I told them I do plenty of them. <laughs> then I'm I'm out on the ringer yeah. because I told them I've done plenty. It's the first one I've done. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. I feel you. So, uh, so what was it like moving to Hawaii from NorCal? Um, I'll tell you. I was um, I was probably, I was really worried. I was worried because when I got there, a lot of people don't realize that having lighter skin you know there mm-hmm. it, it you know you get more looks really yeah you do you do you when you first get there you're known as the howle what does that mean you're the howle you're the outsider you're the you're the you know the tourist or you know you, you don't belong here mm. you know um so um when i first got there i think my first experience was is i had a lot of i went to the west side not knowing that the west side is more of um it's more of a local area okay um it's not a touristy area and this like, is oahu yes okay oahu. so out in waianae nanakuli and uh miley and all that out on the west side okay um i went out there with the family now my wife she's half filipino half white she's kind of dark skinned yeah she looks like she belongs in hawaii my kids kind of dark skinned except for 
Alex, who recently, she just wears long sleeves all the time. So her skin's gotten kind of light like mine. Uh-huh. And um, when we first went out there, nobody really questioned them being there. Like, gave them any looks. But I, I f- you can feel the stares. Hmm. Like, just people looking at you. And, you know, cars with California plates out there get fucked with all the time. Really? So we had our, we had our car there and it had a California plate. And so we, we got out, we went to the beach out at Makaha side and, you know, we get out there and I, I can tell people are staring at me, but they're not really staring at Nisa and the kids. And then it wasn't until I took my shirt off and they saw that I have this big Polynesian tattoo on my chest that they kind of just looked away Mm. and then it was done and over with. But then when we walked back to the car, somebody had pretty much you know, threw food all over our car. What? Yeah. So, you know, and, and I wasn't aware of, you know, being out there that it's not as touristy, um, Mm -hmm. that it's more local. Yeah, I do now. I've been there almost five years now. Now I can go there with no issue, you know? Um, but, um, and that, that's only because, you know, I feel where they're coming from. They've got a lot of, you know, they have every right to be angry on how the Hawaiian islands were procured. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I'm not going to put it past them. I think it's fucked up. You know, I said that before. Am I happy to live there and be able to enjoy everything and have, have family there now? I mean, with all the guys that I have, you know, Dickie, Randy, (laughs) Nestor, germs, you know, chowder, all them, you know, Kyle, uh, Ronald, the works and, and Dickie. And, um, you know, and and made some friendships with guys who don't live there anymore, like Andrew and um, the other Andrew, um, you know, who's planning on moving. But knowing now what I didn't know then, and it took me probably a good six months to a year to really feel like nobody was looking at me anymore. Mm. Um, you know, and, and, and kind of fit in. Yeah. You know, so... Um, it, it took a while to acclimate, um, to to really, you know, be able to talk to somebody and feel like, hey, I belong here. You know, I live here too. Yeah. Um, whereas in the beginning, I was like, I, you, you get me, you know, telling me, oh, you got to go over here off of Peekoy and turn left on Kapulu and this and that. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I, I don't know where I'm going. Yeah. I don't know what the address on Kapiolani is. I don't know where I'm supposed to go over in Kapolei. I don't don't know where I'm supposed to be over in Haleiwa, you know, stuff like that. I don't even know how to pronounce half these damn names. Yeah. You know, and I felt bad because I didn't know. So I taught myself, you know, and, and after gaining the friends and family that I got, they started to reassure me, you know, and tell me stuff that I needed to know and and the spots where to go where not to go where to, what to do when to use this term when to use that term you hmm. know a lot of people don't know it's its own language and everything over yeah there. i mean you know the, a lot of uh slang words that you don't hear like you know they don't use hella yeah over there, you know <laughs> what i mean you know yeah they use cherry hammer shoots uh raja bra yeah you know stuff like that and so but you know, being there for so long now, it's it's like second nature when I'm with my friends. Definitely. I start talking like that, yeah. you know. Three is not three, it's tree. You know, third is not 
you know, third, it's, it's turd. And, you <laughs> yeah. know, you pronounce things differently and I love it. It's, it's really cool. And I think being on this trip was Nisa and I were talking at Disneyland the other day and we're like, man, I think this is like one of the very first times in a long time where we miss our friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we miss hanging out with them and not even like a few hours later, Nisa gets a text from Ashley this weekend was so boring without you guys, hmm. which feels really good. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, th- that's the appreciation side of it. You know, and I get posts all the time from the guys. They'll post up, you know, doing something with the car and then post a picture of me saying thank you and stuff like that. I never really got that before. You know, just recently, um, that story about the rebirth of the Integra, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, let's get into that. So... I've been so focused on Nisa's car. Yeah. You know Nisa's car, Yeah, obviously, because 2018 Black Friday, what did Jeremy go and do? What did Jeremy <laughs> and Nisa do? Jeremy and Nisa got on Downstar's website and ordered a shit ton of bolts. Yeah. Like, you know, ordered like eight, $900 worth of bolts for damn near almost half the price, yeah. which was really cool. And, um, you know, and you and I had talked before and stuff like that, and people ask me all the time, oh, did Frank sponsor you all that stuff? Yeah. Fuck no. Yeah. I went on when he had a sale and saved some money. And yeah, I know that, you know, he. I could have bought it before and supported him by giving him more money. But, you know, we just so happened to need the bolts right then and there. And it was Black Friday. So why not wait the extra week and order them? Yeah. Get a deal ourselves and not have to sit there and do the sponsorship proposal thing and ask somebody for free shit. Because yeah. that's not us. You know, we yeah. don't ask people for free shit because I've been in your shoes where people ask for free shit. Yeah. And um, so we bought a whole bunch of bolts in 2018, and we started putting Nisa's car together. Now, the story of my car comes in when Nisa's car arrived on Oahu. Her car arrived in August of 2017, I believe. And it was a car that you guys already owned from? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Her Civic Type R has a, a short history of N1 Concepts, Sold it to Brandon. Brandon K-Series it. Drove it for six months. Took the engine out. Sold it. Sold it to a friend, Ross. Ross put in an F20B. No. An F20 to B. So mm-hmm. it was an F2B. F to B, yeah. Ended up racing a friend on the freeway, misshifting and cracking the camshaft in half. Oh, shit. Took out the whole engine. Then the car sat for a year. So in 2012, I said, sell it to me. So he sold it to me with a down payment, and then I made some payments, and then eventually paid it off. Took a while. Uh, that's my fault, and you know I own it. But he eventually got all his money, and um, so we put a GSR in her car. She drove it around. She went to Nisei. She went to Eibach and stuff like that, and it had a colorful engine bay the way she wanted to do it, and. Um, it was just a stock GSR, mm-hmm. you know, drove it around. So we decided to yank the GSR out and, um, we went and painted the car or I, I wanted somebody to paint the car. Now the story of the paint job is the guy painted the car in trade for a four door civic, but did, I won't name him. He knows who he is. He did a shitty job mm-hmm. and I told him he did. It had like lint rags, red, you know, the red rags. It had that lint inside the clear coat. <laughs> so we were kind of pissed off and irritated. <laughs> and so I took the car to somewhere else. And I took the car where my car was painted. Yeah. 
And they did a great job on my car. So I took my car, I took her car where my car was painted, and then they decided to wait until so my friend who owned the shop sold it. So he had to get the car out. So they basically rushed the job. And when they rushed the job, they didn't paint it the color it was supposed to be. So Nisa's vision is my car is champ white. That's the stock color. I want it champ white, but I want my touch on the outside. I want it to have like a glitter teal effect to it. So instead they painted it Honda Frost White mm. with the teal pearl on top. And they thought it would make it like champ white because of the pearl. And it didn't. So Nisa was kind of devastated at the fact that the outside of the car, you know, the car doesn't look like a Civic Type R anymore. It looks like your run-of-the-mill 1998 Civic CX, white CX. Yeah. And so the car, so just what happens, we got the car back when we moved to Hawaii. So I had to leave the car at my, my brother's house. So um, some friends drove it from the body shop, dropped it off at my brother's house. My brother looked at it. My brother was like, my brother James. He's not brother by blood, but he's damn near got you. My brother. He's family. And he looks at the car and he goes, "Jeremy, this car's really bad." So what do you mean? He goes, "It's missing clear here. It's got some runs here. The mirror's broken. Um, the car's white, not champ white, mm. and it just doesn't look good. Like it's got an orange peely touch to it. Like there's not enough clear." And I said, "Great." So we let the car sit there three years. And then um, during that three years, at, you know, halfway through, we put a car cover on it and stuff. So by the time it got to Hawaii, um, there's a whole story on how it got to Hawaii, but we won't go into that. <laughs> so when the car got to Hawaii, both our cars were supposed to go at the same time. But my dumbass had the JDM windshield still in my car. Uh-huh. You can't see the VIN number anymore. Yeah. The car's registered. It has a 12-digit VIN now. It's, you know, it's got a U.S. VIN. Nisa's car has a U.S. windshield with the VIN in the dash. So they couldn't verify the VIN on my car. So the cars don't run. So, and they had to be towed from NorCal to San Diego. So when we took my car and her car down, they took her car in. My car ended up back on the trailer and drove all the way back to NorCal. And I had to go to my brother's house. So, because I had to change the windshield. And it was too late. I had to get on a plane. Couldn't wait the next day to have the windshield changed. None of that. So her car gets on the boat. It gets to us. And then that's what we focus on. We focus on her car. So we've been, we we focus on her car. And our friend Keith, um, you know, talented painter. He gets the engine bay all done the way we want it. We buy the bolts from you. Um, Nisa's engine, when it came, I had basically, it was empty. I couldn't ship everything separate. I had to bolt it into the car. Mm -hmm. So I bolted the transmission to an empty block with an oil pan with two bolts and an empty head with no cams, no nothing, with a manifold on it. And it had Skunk 2 Ultra with a 90 mil throttle body and and, uh, fuel rail. So we get it home, and then we take everything out. We get the engine bay done. We start building the engine, and Nisa built the engine herself, actually. Mm. So in Hawaii, you don't have, like, a lot of resources. So, um, you know, there's only a couple machine shops, stuff like that. So I took it upon myself to notch the block for the rods. Um, And then we, you know, I had her build it and put it together. Took pictures and video. I just guided her. Said, okay, here, 
this this is your torque spec for this this is your torque spec for that this is how you put the rings on this is how you put it together so i watched her do the whole thing Sick. yeah and she put it all together Very cool. and um so we get her car i'll fast forward real quick just to save time on the story we get her car done and running um an hour before Spocom. Oh, shit. An hour. And it's not even an hour before Spocom. We were supposed to be at Spocom at 9.30 in the morning. Yeah. At 9.30 in the morning, we were still putting the interior back in. Oh, We were still fuck. trying to figure out how to get the car running. So the whole crew, Dickie, Rex, Randy, um, you know, uh, Blake, Germs, all of us, we're just on, not Germs so much because he was worrying about his own car, um, but Leo, just all kinds of guys, we're just putting this car together and germs is at the show with his car and he's telling the guys don't close the gate don't close the gate the car's coming the car's coming so they would ask him every like 20 30 minutes when's the car coming oh it'll be here in 20 minutes 20 minutes later where's the car coming oh it'll be here in 20 minutes oh shit so he held them off from 11 30 all the way until we rolled in at three o'clock what the fuck yeah he <laughs> held them off that long we come strolling in and then this crowd of people just looks at the car and goes holy shit yeah. the fucker runs yeah and she drove there no hood um it had an it had an oil pan on it that hung too low yeah so on the way there the oil pan hit the ground oh because it's on a lean mount key. yeah so um and then the car sounded kind of funny to me, but I couldn't really pinpoint it. I thought, okay, it's just tuning. Because it's on uh, a Rywire harness with an AEM Infinity. And it's Ryan, when I ordered the harness, I told Ryan, I said, I need an Infinity harness for Nisa's car, but I want a firewall plug. Yeah. He laughed at me. Mm-hmm. Like straight up said, no, 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 no. If there's too many in- inputs and outputs on that ECU. We can't do a firewall plug. You're going to have to just drill a hole and put the plug uh. through. And I said, no, 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 no. This car's all motor what can we delete yeah. and he goes shit you're right he's like yeah we can delete a bunch of shit he's all what do you need up front i said well i don't need a boost controller i don't need this i don't need that got you just give me tps map sensor coolant pressure coolant temp and oil temp and oil pressure all the rest of the shit get rid of it and then i need the o2 sensor he goes perfect that's the exact amount that i can fit through a firewall plug the nice. mil spec plug so he got that to work and it started right up. Mm-hmm. I never had a problem with Ryan's harnesses ever. I'll always use Ryan. Yeah, you know. Um, so we get it all done, and we get it into the show, and then we show it off. And you know, people didn't realize that they're looking at us funny because they're taking the wheels off. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why are you taking the wheels off to clean them? No, we're gonna show off the suspension. Yeah, what do you mean? So I didn't fucking spend all this money and time on powder coating and downstar hardware for <laughs> it not to be seen. Yeah. So it, it was really unheard of there. They're like, you know, I had this, um, at, before I was really friends with Ronald and Ashley, their, Ashley's dad came up with a flashlight and I filmed him and he's looking at the car with a flashlight. We thought maybe he was a judge or something. Yeah. And we're just kind of baffled on what he's doing. He's in there looking looking going underneath hands and knees uh-huh. shit you not he's on the floor <laughs> looking under the car and then he he comes over to us and he goes is this your guys's car since her car he goes really nice job hell yeah he's like you think so he goes yeah yeah <laughs> i'm gonna go back and look at it for about 10 more minutes and then i'll come back and talk to you 
I was like, oh, okay. So he went back and he looked at every single nook and cranny again. Yeah. He's like, I can eat off your suspension. Did you drive the car here? Nisa goes, yeah, we drove it. From where? Eva Beach. No way. Yeah. yeah, we drove it all the way here. And he was it was the coolest thing ever to, to see somebody appreciate that much work and effort into it. So now that Nisa's car is done, everybody keeps asking me, when are you going to do your car? Now, mind you, my car got here separate. It drove in and or it, it, it I, I went, I didn't even have to go back. So the same tow truck driver picked it up from my brother, drove it to San Diego, knew exactly where to drop it off. He dropped it off. They checked everything. Everything was good. And then they th- took it over to port. Now, it was supposed to be on a boat and to me within like a week. And then I was supposed to get delivery in like three weeks. So a month goes by. I'm like, where the fuck is my car? The boat broke down. Oh, shit. Yeah. So now my car has been sitting in San Diego out in the weather on a dock, not covered, just chilling in the middle of a parking lot. Oh, damn. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of upset. I'm like, dude. I mean, if I would have known this, I would have just had somebody pick it up, take it, and bring and it back. Ready, yeah. And so then they finally get on a boat. And they get it over to Hawaii, and I see it. I'm excited. And I yeah, take yeah, pictures yeah. and shit. See it through the fence, right? My friend Chowder, I hit him up. I said because he wasn't he um he wasn't working on time. He was on disability, and I said, "Hey, can you give me a ride over to the port? I need to pick up my car and take it home. Can you follow me home? Yeah, Cause it's not registered. I mean, to we didn't even register him to get him like over here. Yeah, we just left him on non-op and whatnot. So then. He, we get to the car and I pop the hood and he opens the hood and he goes, how are we driving this? So what are you talking about? I don't see an engine harness. And I, I go, what the fuck you mean? And I open the hood and I go, the engine harness is right there. He goes, where? Uh-huh. <laughs> so Ryan did a really good job tucking this Shout harness. Shout out to yeah. Ryan, man. <laughs> so, you know, and, and he's like, oh shit, this thing does run, but there's no gas. I emptied the gas okay, tank. Yeah. So Chowder went, got gas, brought it back. And we started up, and he goes, holy shit, it runs. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it runs. It's on some shitty-ass steelies and shit. And my friend uh, Iketa and his girlfriend Reina had some Advan RGs with some tires. And they were yeah. like, yeah, you can use mine. And I had the four lug on it at the time because I was drag racing the shit out of it. Yeah. And so we took it out, and we, you know, I put the wheels on it, and I lower it and everything, and I'm driving home. And we go by the gas station. I get gas. Now, mind you, VTEC's locked. So it sounds raspy and idles all over the place. So I'm on the freeway. The other thing I realized is, shit, my transmission only has four gears because mm-hmm. fifth is gone and it's cuffed. Mm-hmm. So the transmission's reinforced with a fifth gear cuff. The fifth gear is gone. I've done all kinds of modifications to the trans. So I'm driving in fourth gear. And luckily enough, in Hawaii, the speed limit's like 45 <laughs> yeah. on the freeway. 55 tops. It gets to 60 for like a mile of... The last part of the freeway. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing 55, you know, cruising, and I go to get off at my exit at Eva Beach, and I hear, pow, ting, and then the car starts to run like a Subaru. Oh, shit. What the fuck was that noise? And then so I'm driving it, and it's still running, just a little down on power. I mean, I wasn't getting on it or anything. I was just cruising. Yeah. And getting off the freeway. Like, literally, I downshifted to third gear when it happened just to get off the freeway. So then I get on my phone and I text my friends and I'm like, I think I just lost a cylinder on the car. 
And the first reaction, you know, they're all ready to jump. Where do we go? Where do we pick you up? Where do we tow it from? Yeah. And I said, fuck that. I'm driving it home. So I drove it home. I thought, figured it was, you know, something minor. So I drive it home, and then I pull up to the house, and I kind of look, and I see nothing wrong. So I go, okay, I'm kind of tired. I'm just going to throw it in the garage. So I throw it in the garage. Next day, I get home from work. I pull it out of the garage. I wash it because of all the salt and everything. So I wash the car, and I kind of look at it, and I'm like, ah, I don't really want to deal with it. So I pull it back in the garage, push it back in the garage. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I drove it back into the garage. And then the next day after work, I hit up my friend Randall. Hey, Randall, you got a leak down tester? He goes, yeah, I'm all, when you free. So I'll come over right now. I said, okay, cool. Comes over and we go, one, good, two, good, three, zero. Mm. I'm like, oh, fuck, it's internal. Well, I don't want to fucking deal with it. Yeah. Shove it back in the garage. So then the next day is a Friday. And I'm like, all right, Randall, you want to come over and help me pull the head off? He goes, yeah, I'll be right over. So he comes over and we yank the head off. And lo and behold, the valve is stuck sideways into the head, chewed the head up, and then chewed up the piston. But then I go, fuck my block. It's an RS sleeved closed deck block. I'm like, shit. And it's already 85 millimeters, so I can't go over. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, fuck. So I start looking at it. Not one single nick in the cylinder wall. Sick. I was like, fucking perfect. Lucked out. Yeah. So I called Supertech and told Martin what happened. He goes, no problem. I'll send you a piston. I'm like, how much? He goes, don't worry about it. So sick. Thank you. You know, sends me a piston. Take the head over to a machine shop. Say, hey, can you fix this? He looks at it. The guy at Schneider's, he looks at it and goes, yeah, we can fix it. You got the valves? Yeah, here they are. Supertech sent me valves, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, here they are. He sent me valves and valve springs. And uh, so Snyder's takes like a week or two to fix it. So I'm like, okay, cool. I can put my car back together. But then this was in the middle of building Nisa's car. And I'm like, I don't want to build two cars at once. Yeah. And then I started looking at my car, and I just didn't like the state it was in. Yeah. It's not the state of when it won Weekfest. Yeah. You know, best of show. It was, it was pretty bad because I had drag raced it. I mean, I've gone 1050 at 144 miles an hour in it Whoa. full interior like you know i think the last race i was on my way to like a 10-0 when the cylinder let go and then i had to rebuild it um which guy th- rebuilt it for me while i was in hawaii and um so you know i have a, i have all the parts sitting there but i just let the car sit yeah so nisa's car is taking our budget, our time doing all that. And I'm like, I, I just don't have the money. With Christmas coming up, we already have, you know, our trip booked for coming to L.A. for Disneyland. That cost a lot of money. We already spent that money. We already spent the money on the tickets for Disneyland. We, you know, we can't cancel the trip. Yeah. You know, we have to go. And we're already, you know, at a minimum, you know, with our budget. And um, so... The guys were like, well, Nisa's car's off to the body shop, you know, getting ready to go to the body shop. Why don't we just work on yours and see what you need? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right. So we start working on mine, see what we need. And we noticed a lot of shit wrong. The transmission has three stripped bolt holes on the rear mount. So I got to change the case. The half shaft, all three bolts were stripped. Mm-hmm. Um, just a bunch of shit mm-hmm. just wasn't tight and it was missing and just, you know, everything from racing it and whatever. So... Um, the guys were like, you know, they knew that they're like, oh, well, you know, you can get this part, this part, this part, this part. I said, I don't have the money. I sold my S300 because somebody needed it. Um, I don't have tires for my 
my 17 inch inkies sitting in the shed. I don't have this. I don't have that. You know, I don't have the money for it right now. You know, Nisa's car is more important. It's almost back to being back together after it gets painted. So we're sitting there and um, we're in the garage working on something. I think we're working on my car, trying to figure some stuff out. And then all of a sudden, Nisa walks over with this ECU cover. You know the ECU covers we buy? Mm-hmm. Like yours right mm-hmm. there? I have them too. Mm-hmm. Same guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cover Brothers or whatever. And I have the Red Zone one. And it's all signed. Like Dickie signed it, you know, uh, Germ signed it, Chowder, just everybody signed it. Um, and then next thing you know, Dickie pulls out a wad of money and sticks it right on top of the ECU. They all got together and chipped in $100 to buy all the parts for the car. No way. I swear to God. Dude, I, I pretty much cried right on the spot. I didn't know what to say. Nobody had ever done that for me. I've always been the guy to help everybody else out. Yeah. That I never expect anything in return. So when that happened, I was like, I was floored. It was like all these guys got together, threw in $100 each because they didn't know how much the parts were. They just knew that I needed the money because I wasn't going to spend my money on the money that I had budgeted already because I had to go do Christmas for the kids and, you know, worry about Nisa's yeah. car and stuff like that. So they knew that I would just let my car sit. And then they, they pull out this money. It's like 900 bucks at first. And, um, it pretty much, the idea was what they told me. The idea was, is they were going to buy me an S 300. Yeah. But they didn't know what my cost was and they didn't know how to get it at my cost. And so they just assumed they were going to just give me the money as retail. And then whatever left over, I can, yeah, buy. yeah, yeah. So they they scraped up $900 altogether and then handed it to me. I didn't know what to say. And then as soon as, you know, some other friends found out, they started sending me money. I'm like, you guys don't have to do this. You know, I can figure it out. It's, yeah. No, we want your car running. You haven't had your car running in like three years. It hasn't ran since it got here. You know, we're all out here enjoying our cars. It's time to get your car out, you know, to come out with us and this and that. And, um, as soon as I made an appreciation post on Instagram, people started DMing me. Mm-hmm. They were like, Hey dude, what's your PayPal? No, 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 no. I don't want any money. No, dude, you've always helped me out. You've always been there for me. You've always hooked me up. Let me do something in return. So all in all, I ended up getting like, you know, when it was all said and done, it was like 1300 bucks. Wow. You know, with random donations and stuff like that. And I, I don't expect that. You know, that's not something where I, you know, I'm not going to go on a GoFundMe page for my car. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that just sounds ridiculous. Yeah. You know, um, may work for some people, but doesn't work for me. And so, um, you know, that I thought was probably hands down the best thing that's ever happened to me living in Hawaii. Yeah. Having that aloha and having that family i mean dicky says it right at the very top you know he hashtags everything we family yeah you know this is this is a family it's not just friends you know you don't have to be blood and stuff like that so that to happen was really cool so what did i do i went online immediately ordered all the parts and then while i'm gone the guys are like hey i got, you know i went to the house i got the package you know they send me pictures hey when you get back we get to put your car back together so the s300 showed up already parts you know i ordered some parts from summit because um even though i have an account with motovicity and stuff just 
it's easier to order you know something it, it, sometimes i can't get it from motivacy so i'll just mm-hmm. order it from summit um ordered some stuff from speed factory you know it used all that money straight towards the car i told him too i even ordered something for dicky he was like you know, because this car needed a map sensor. And he's like, I don't have the money right now. I said, well, don't worry. You guys gave me a bunch of money. I'll order you a map sensor. Yeah. You know, spread the love back. So Dope, man. Yeah. Dude, that's a great story. So that's that's where the DB sits right now. I mean, the DB has a long history of just being a show car. But a lot of people don't know that I turned it into a drag car. Yeah. Like, I, there's a lot of videos out there where I'm beating the shit out of this car. I mean... The bumper's fucked up. The fenders are fucked up. The, one of the doors is fucked up from when the fender got fucked up because mm-hmm. the ball joint broke, mm. hit the fender, the fender hit the door, stuff like that. Um, a rat got inside when it was being stored and chewed up the rear mm. type R seat. So I had to get a you know new type R seats and stuff like that. Um, but the car has a lot of abuse on it. You know, a lot of people didn't realize that. Yeah, I made six, seven hundred horsepower, but nobody ever really got to see it race. So that's when I went to go prove a point that it's not just a good-looking car, you know, it, it can go down the track too. Is that what you're gonna do with it when you get it running again? No, it's going back to a street car. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's uh, putting the five lug back on it. You know, I have the, you know, the rare setup of you know not a lot of people do it is the rear calipers from a porsche 911 oh cool on the front with 12 and a half inch discs yeah i think higgins is the only other one right now that i've seen do it recently i know a couple other guys from before did it um so it's that same brake setup so and then the back is just stock type r got you so now um everybody listening um they might know Nisa's car, that uh, white EK mm-hmm. with the teal and purple mm-hmm. everywhere. Yes. Dude, that car came out great, man. Mm-hmm. It's so photogenic. Thank you. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Even even the engine outside of the car is so <laughs> yeah, photogenic. Yeah, that shit went viral, bro. Dude, you know, it, 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 <laughs> it was crazy because a lot of people were like, you know, there's still people today. I think somebody posted on your picture the other day. Is this engine ever going to oh, yeah, be in the car? Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. And Nisa's like, well, if you follow me, you know it's been in the car for months. <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't she doesn't treat it like it's, you know, some gentle little car. She beats the shit out of it. Yeah. I mean, she's, you know, on the throttle all the time. I mean, you know, the car makes 300 horsepower. You know, it's she drives it whenever she can, when, wherever she can. Yeah. It doesn't even matter if it's raining. Like, I've had to get underneath that car with her and clean the suspension a couple times already. And that's her vision. I mean, even though she didn't have a lot of physical time on the car, she had a say in everything that went down. I think that's how a bunch of guys build their cars nowadays, so yeah. it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's because she she has a job that's very demanding and puts her in a, a later work time. So yeah. when I get home, she's at work. Yeah. So that's the time when I can like do stuff on it. And then on the weekends is when I get her to do stuff on it. And then the guys in Hawaii had a lot of hands on with it, trying to get it ready for smoke on. But that car, it definitely went viral. Yeah. And um, the engine is super photogenic. And a lot of people were tripping off of it because they thought, oh, you know, it's it's just a lot of paint, you know, and, you know, we had to tell people, no, all the purple's powder coated. Yeah. 
Every single purple piece is powder coated. Every teal piece had to be painted because we couldn't find the right powder for the teal color that we wanted and something that was close to what your washers were. Yeah. And when Nisa, Nisa basically already had the purple teal theme in her head six years ago, mm. six or seven years ago. So when she saw that you had washers, she was like, it's, it's game over. That's, that's yeah. what we're going to use, you know? And we always wanted to use your stuff, but we were just never, we never really had a build, a build for it um, at the time. And so we, we could never really buy anything that you had. Um, you know, I wasn't rebuilding my car. So, and yeah, you had green washers, but they would disappear in my car. Yeah, definitely. So black ones would go, but then, you know, my theme isn't black and green. It's kind of a dark blue and green. So, um, you know, I went with silver. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it was. And I already had the hardware before I'd met you. So I just left it alone. So when it came to her car, we were like, yeah, it, it's got to be, you know, all hands down, all the, the Downstar stuff. Because one, it... It looks, it's one of the best looking washers out there. You know? Thank you. And, and I'm not saying this to, to float your ego or anything like that. It's just, in my opinion, it's nice, smooth, and sleek. And then the fact that it's the colors that we needed was the icing on the cake. So as soon as we added them to the engine and it started to come together with her teal and purple, yeah, you know, it was game over by then. And there's some pictures, like, I don't know, you have the sunset picture. Yeah. Right? That picture is raw. The one I sent you is a full-on raw picture. I didn't filter it or anything. So when you hmm. look at, I have both pictures. I think I posted it on my Instagram. I have the original picture, which is like, it looks really dark and dreary. Yeah. Like you don't really see it. The only thing I did different is I grabbed, we have a Matco light, like a spotlight. Yeah. I grabbed it and I threw it off into the corner and shined it on the engine and took the photo <laughs> that was it it was just a light and then you never realize all these photographers who have all these lights and shit <laughs> yeah. beaming down you don't realize how much it affects yeah when you take a photo and all i did was say okay click and then next thing you know the picture's everywhere <laughs> you know it, yeah it was nuts and then um our brother over at vane hit us up he's like your, your engine would look really good on my stand yeah shout out to chris man yeah i was like you know, Chris, it would. Yeah. It would. But, you know, I, I just don't think I can afford it right now. Yeah. And he's like, ah, it'll look really good on the stand. All right, fine, Chris. Send us a stand. We'll, we'll take it. So, um, you know, we got the stand from Chris, and he powder-coated it to, you know, try and really get close to the to the color scheme to yeah. match. And it came out great. And he's... <laughs> He hit me up the other day. He's really excited that the engine's back out of the car. Yeah. And that it's sitting on the stand. Yeah. He's like, oh, when you get it all back together, ready to go in, please go take some pictures. <laughs> so don't worry. I think this time around, we're going to throw it in the back of Germs' truck uh -huh. and drive it over to Honolulu. Yeah. Like to Townside. Ooh, nice. And they got a lot of, Kakaako has a lot of graffiti spots from Powwow. Yeah. So I think we're going to try and get some like early sunset graffiti Sick. spot locations to try and take the photos. Um, maybe even some landmark type stuff yeah. before it goes in the car. So, um, but he had mentioned that, um, he sent us the analytics mm -hmm. for his Instagram and it's the most viewed and liked photo on his page. Yeah. So that feels good. You know that. Yeah. It's probably high up there. Yeah. On my page <laughs> as well. That's why I, I mean, that's probably why that guy asked that question because like we post that picture a lot, Yeah. but I love that whole setup, man. If that was a way from, that would be a theme 
that I would do yeah would be to um to do it with that color yeah just look at that that's yeah. the first pick yep right there and that's yeah. of this week yeah i don't know how to do it like forever or whatever yeah. but yeah dude that it just it no, looks it, so great it, man. it came out great and and nisa nisa actually worked with the powder coater jesse yeah um he lives on the other side of the island in Kaneohe. really down to earth like he'll he'll give you his input he's just like straight up dude um i think his instagram is um uh kai taya k-a-i-t-a-i-y-a anyways um he he made he he took nisa nisa said okay i like this color but i also like this color but i like this so what he did is he turned around and he said okay if we take this with this and put this on top of it this is what it looks like Hmm. and that's what he did he did a spray out he did like six spray outs you know powder on these things and she chose this one, and it's it's basically three different powders mm. all in one. Shit. And people constantly hit him up, or they'll hit Nisa up and say, hey, they'll hit him up first. Hey, I really like that purple. Can I get the color? Yeah. Like, the color combo. And he'll tell them, you'll have to get it from the owner. And then Nisa will get the message, and she'll say, ah, oh, this guy's asking for the color, blah, blah, blah. And Nisa, it's not that she doesn't want to give it out. It's that she wants her car out a little longer before yeah. she starts telling people exactly what it is. Yeah. Because she saw what happened with my car with the Neochrome. So she's like, she's like, I don't want to tell anybody yet. So I, But I don't want to be an asshole at the same time. Yeah. I said, well, then you just got to tell them, look, I worked really hard with the powder coater on this color. We kind of want to just keep it to ourselves for now. Maybe someday I'll let it go. Mm-hmm. Just tell them straight up. And... um. So that powder is it's one off. Like you have to find you have to get all three colors and you have to spray it exactly how he sprayed it in order to get it. Mm. So that purple came out really good. And then the other day when we were, or a couple weeks ago when we were taking the engine out, I looked at the mounts and I was like these mounts would look sick yeah. if they were teal. <laughs> yeah. Because the brackets are all purple. Yeah. I was like, "Ah, oh, these look really good teal." I'm going to hit up Hasport. Yeah. So I hit up Hasport and I said, hey, we have your mounts. Can I send them? Because we saw that they were doing like green anodized and this and that. I was like, can I send these in to get them anodized teal? And they said, unfortunately, they need to be new. Yeah. We can't do any used ones because contamination, stuff like that. I said, oh, okay, okay. What we can do for you is we'll give you a discount. Mm Mm-hmm. I said, oh, okay, cool. You know, I wasn't asking for a discount. Just, we can sell you for the mounts for this much. And I said, okay, cool. Um, write me up an invoice. And then they said, okay, well, let me, we have all our powder, or we have our anodizing done through Frank. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, okay. Let me, um, you know, let us talk to him and then see, you know, well, we're going to have Frank do it so he, to match the washers yeah. and stuff. I said, okay, cool. So, um they they messaged us back and it's brian's wife yeah i think it's laura uh-huh i believe so yeah she messages us back and she goes so i was talking to my husband brian last night and i was telling him how much i loved your wife's car <laughs> and i convinced him to give you even a deeper discount yeah i was like you don't have to do that no 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 we want to it, it looks really really good i said okay cool so um 
you know, they and then they go, well, we're gonna we're gonna ask Frank to take care of the anodizing. I was like, yeah. all, right, all right, cool. So that's when I hit you up. I say, hey, heads up, <laughs> fucking. Not even two minutes later, you're like, I'm already on it. Yeah. Don't even worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we we don't do their anodizing, but they knew that we did that. Yeah, yeah, too. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, he just hit me up, or she hit me up, mm-hmm. um, and I'm like, yeah, just send it over. And yeah. mostly because of how much love you guys showed us on the build. Yeah. Uh, you never asked for discounts or anything. You guys yeah. just supported. And uh, every time that we would post it or whatever, I would get a message from you or Nisa just being very appreciated mm-hmm. so when i see them, i'm like dude that's no problem because i want to see what they look like yeah you know yeah. i'm excited for that Nisa's super excited and she was like ah oh, do you think they'll be done when you go down there i said if they are they are if they're not they're <laughs> yeah not. it's not a big deal you know yeah we'll, we'll get them he asked me what you asked me what the time frame was i said if we can get them back you know beginning of january we'd be good so um i'm excited to see what it'll look like with the teal mounts now. This one looks sick. Yeah. And then, because there was a lot of silver in there. Yeah. you know, Rob from Track Tough, you know, he's got a lot of his hands on it. And um, same with Rob. You know, we he gave me a price. I paid it. Yeah. You know, he never once said, you know, uh, I can't give you a discount or I can't do this or I can't do that. There is a company that I hit up for some seats. Mm-hmm. And I didn't ask the question in a weird way. I just said hey, do you guys do this custom color to match this? And I sent him a picture. He said, oh, yeah, 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 we can do that. I said, oh, okay, um, what would it, you know, what would it cost or what would it run? I think I said run. What would it run to get a set of these? First thing back was, sorry, we're not sponsoring anybody. Mm-hmm. I was like, I never asked for a sponsorship. I was just simply asking, what's the cost? Yeah. Let me reword it. What's the cost for a set of seats? It's, oh, you can do it on our website. And I said, yeah, but your colors, those colors aren't on there. That's why I'm contacting you. And then they ghosted. Hmm. And just poof, gone. So, okay, fine. Forget it. We won't worry about seats. Move on to the next Yeah, we'll move on to something else. That's how it goes, though, bro. So. You know, there's a lot of companies that they're uh, in the community, and there's a lot that aren't in the community. Yeah. You know? Um, when I seen the vision of what you guys had going on and then i had passport reach out to us i'm like dude that's no problem i'll yeah. get it taken care of and nice. i just don't like to do that for anybody no. because you know what if it doesn't come out right then they're complaining or whatever yeah. you know but yeah. i knew what vision well, you guys are going for the cool thing is is it's a whole new set so if we don't really like if it doesn't look good then we can just throw the other set back on and then just you know say hey can you make these black or yeah. you do something with them? Yeah. You know, but I strongly believe it'll look really, really good. Yeah. I mean, everything Nisa's pointed out to do so far, I mean, including the starter, the alternator, I mean, you know, everything she's said, hey, can we do this? Can we do that? Can we do this? <laughs> so, well, we can do whatever you want. You know, it'll just yeah. take some time and some patience and a little bit of cash to get it done. Yeah. You know, and thankfully, you know, we have a really talented painter on our side when it came to painting the stuff and he was a personal friend of ours and you know we asked him how much do you want he said uh, you'll owe me later mm-hmm. you know because he's building something on the side so okay cool and then same with the powder coating how much does it cost he gave us a price we said okay let's do it yeah you know um, i feel that that's the way to do business now especially um like at this point in my career i know who i want to use i know what parts i want to use mm-hmm so i'll just reach out to them and say hey i want this let me know how much and mm-hmm. whatever the price they give me that's the price 
that it is, mm-hmm. whether it's Hasport, Rywire, mm-hmm. or whoever, you know, yeah. K-Tune, I reach out to all these guys, yo, this is what I need, send me the invoice or let me know where to pay, and yeah. that's it. I don't expect shit for free, yep. and I don't want to have any obligations that it has to go to the show, it has to do this, because sometimes I don't know if I'll be able to do that. Yeah. You know, I got yeah. a lot of things going on, and when I do car stuff now, it's more of, of a hobby, because I have to run the business. I have other things I got to do, mm-hmm. you know? So I'll, yeah. um, that's how I like to build cars. And I really, really think that that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Cause then you, you get a really good business relationship out of it. And then, you know, the other side's happy to do the work for you Yeah, when you're not nickel and diming. Them. Yeah. Hell yeah. You know what I mean, you don't want to get to a point where you're nickel and diming the other side and they, they're like, I don't want to deal with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean, those are the type of you know, customers that I would get that would nickel and dime me and I would get like that. I'd be like, oh, I don't want to answer this call or, oh, I don't want to text this guy back or, you know, oh, I re- he's just going to ask for a discount yeah, stuff like that. And that's, it shouldn't be that way. You know, you get to a point where, you know, if, if for instance, I would ask Rob over at Tractoff, hey, I need this. How much will it cost? If I would have came back with, well, can you do it for this much? I'm sure he would have just said, no, I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because that's the way he is. But yeah. then, you know, there could be other guys that are like, well, I don't know. It costs this much to do this. And they'll try to explain themselves. You shouldn't have to put somebody in the position to explain themselves yeah. why they're charging what they're charging. You know, yeah. just if you want their work, you'll pay for it. Yeah. So, <laughs> I had somebody ask me that. Another business owner, he calls and he's like, yeah, these are three bucks a piece. I need this many. It's like, how, how can you sell it for this much? But somebody else, I'm like, to be honest, I don't know, man. But <laughs> we just do. And we sell them all day. So, you know, at first it was just like, why are you asking me this? This is the fucking price. This yeah. is what we sell. For, but for me, I was just like, I don't know. You know, yeah. we sell it and that they sell for that much. It's yeah. Probably because how long we've been in the industry, yeah. how much work we put into it, what yeah. the name had. But none of that. The washer didn't just appear. Yeah. I mean, you had to sit there and go, okay, I want it this way. I want it swooping up like this. I want this to fit here. I want this line around yeah. this. You know, people don't realize that, that the first one didn't cost you like, you know, two bucks. Yeah. The first one cost you hours of your time as well as, yeah. you know, trial and error of getting it right. You know, it could have cost, you know, a thousand dollars to make the first one. Nobody knows. But for me having to explain that to like a, another business owner, I was like, shit, I don't know, bro. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck to tell you. We we must have did something right. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. But, exactly. um yeah, man, I, I I really appreciate you coming down and no having worries. this talk with me. I appreciate uh, all the support you guys have given yeah. us. Um, just for you guys to choose us to use on the project, that that makes me feel so good, man. And just to see how it came out, like like I said before, that's that's pretty much my favorite build that's come out. Not even of this year, just of recently. It's really. Just, so much detail to it man and i really really love yeah. it and i love how it came out i understand the vision that you guys had yeah. towards it and uh i think it's really cool that you guys can work as as like a family unit to yeah. create this build and um it's dope man i i really appreciate well, we it we appreciate dude. the words and and we appreciate the support behind it as well and um you know it after it gets out of paint this time around, we're really hoping that, you know, the outside is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And then, you know, to see the car in person, I mean, yeah, 
any car can look really good in in photos. Yeah, definitely. It, it could look good in a photo from ten feet away, and it doesn't need any filters or Photoshop or anything like that. And some cars can look good with a little bit of Photoshop. And but to really see something in person, like I really appreciate seeing other people's builds in person. Yeah, getting ideas, seeing what they did here, seeing what they did there, and um, you know, trying to take it to the next level, which is really what Nisa wanted to do. She didn't really have the idea behind all the suspension. I kind of planted that. I said, hey, if we're going to do this, you should do this to the suspension. You should do that, you know, this and that. And then when she really saw what I was talking about, and she's like, but, you know, what? I can't drive the car on the street. Yeah, yeah, you can. Drive the car. You know, it's powder coat, you know, and some paint. And even if it gets, you know, dirty, messed up, whatever, (laughs) at least you use the car and enjoy it. You know what I mean? And you can still go to a car show and you can still pull up to people and you can still show it off and show people what your vision was. Yeah. I mean, either way, you know, people will know that you also drive it. It's not just something you throw up on a trailer, take it to a show, drop it off, show people, put it back on the trailer and drive away. So that was her idea was she wanted, she wanted to drive it. She wanted to drive the car and that's what she does. She drives fucking piss out of that car. Awesome. I mean, she's racing... Subarus, <laughs> turbocharged Subarus, and BRZs, and and other all motor Hondas, and all kinds of other cars, and you know she, she's on the freeway just you know wreaking havoc. Fuck yeah, so, man! That's she, what it's all about. She wants to enjoy the car. She didn't want to just build it and let it sit. Yeah, you know, which you know is good for some, but it's never been our forte. Yeah, we've always used our cars. I, I mean, feel you. You know, Mike. <laughs> Everybody, I, a lot of people know about the trip to Eibach with my car. Yeah. I don't know if you do. When I had to replace the crankshaft on the side of the freeway. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that so, one, dude. We'll have to talk about that one. Yeah, definitely, man. I, I, I look forward to actually seeing the car in person. Um, yeah. Eibach 2020. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Word on the street is we're heading to Hawaii. Yes. yes. So I'm excited for that. Ryan's been messaging me here and there asking me, you know, uh, where can we do this? Yeah. And uh, so we're working on something. Good, man. So well, hopefully uh, when we make it out that way, either the car could be in the booth or we could be right next to it, man. Whatever. I mean, we're game for whatever. Hell um, yeah. You should come out to Weekfest. I'm thinking about it. You know? I mean, just take the weekend trip, you know, come out, you know, check everything out, check the car scene out a little bit, you know. A yeah. lot of people would love to meet you as well, you know, because we don't get a lot of people out there. Yeah. You know, I think... Jeremy from Drag Cartel is going to be out there this weekend. Oh, shit. Yeah. No way. So, um, dope. You know, and shout and out we, to Jeremy. And we man. talked about, you know, we've been talking to Jeremy about doing a little meet and greet for some of the people out there. Very and cool. And I know he went to Maui a couple months ago. Yeah. And did like the same thing, met with a bunch of the local guys. And, you know, and, and that's, you know, awesome that yeah. somebody like Jeremy can come out and, you know. He's an OG, man. Yeah, definitely. He is. And, uh, so. You know, we look forward to, to stuff like that. The guys really want to meet some of the people behind the companies. Yeah. So when they when they get a chance, like when Ryan went out to Hawaii, you know, a lot of people were happy to meet him and, and shake his hand and talk to him. So I look forward to it, man. Yeah. So Jeremy, thank you so much for stopping out. by. Come out. We'll have some grinds and, and eat some. Eat good. Know, eat good. Hell and, yeah. And, I mean, you went to Maui, what, a few months ago? Or yeah, whatever? yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know how it is. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love the island so, life, man. Yeah. So before we get out of here, can you let people know where they can find you at and they can find the build? Find me at 
um, on Instagram at RedZoneDB8. Um, they can find the build on Nisa's page at MissCTRN1. Um, or, you know, um, and, and don't be afraid to hit us up. You know, Nisa's always down to answer questions. I'm always, always down to answer questions. We're normal people just like everybody else. Um, those are the main two places. Or, um, you know, you can also find the build. Um, there's a Hawaii page out there um, on Instagram called Honda Builds of Hawaii. Sick. And they're an awesome group. Um, great group of guys. Zami, um, Boons, and Uncle Dell. They're, they're really cool guys. And they support the scene. They're trying to get a track built out there. Very cool. Um, you know, we have a track coming. Um, Going to be more of like a road race type thing with an eighth mile track. But yeah. Anything's good for that island. That yeah. island has no track. Yeah. Um, we have to ship our cars to other islands to race them, you know, and they're not road race tracks. They're drag drag strips. So, but if you want to drag race, you got to ship your car. Yeah. So, yeah, but that's about it. Very cool, man. We'll make sure to put the tags below. Once again, dude, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for your support. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Of course, and thank you guys for listening. Um, This is episode 129, Downtime with Downstar, and we out. Peace. Peace.